All right, we'll get right into our message. Let's turn to the book of Jonah. And uh, chapter, we're going to, our, our main verses are in chapter 2, but we're going to look at chapter 1 and kind of set this up as to what, why Jonah was out in the sea anyway. He's supposed to be going to do a mission and he decided it was too scary. So he attempted suicide. That didn't work. And uh, going to get thrown overboard and I guess swim to a deserted island and be Robinson Crusoe for a while. But uh, instead, he, the Lord rescued him. But he didn't think it was a great... He didn't like the rescue program. And uh, we're going to read this now. You know, I've preached this many times, and but I keep getting something new out of it. I love this story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories, you know, Sunday school Bible stories. But uh, there's something great here that I believe will help us all. So let's look at Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah... The son, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And Jonah said, Good, Sure thing, Lord, I'll be right there. Is that what he said? No, he said, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> It's that's difficult to do, run from the presence of the Lord, because He's everywhere. Amen. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that funny? So many people are trying to feel the presence of the Lord. Here Jonah's got the presence of the Lord trying to run away from it. It's not smart. But the Lord sent out a great wind unto the sea, and there was a mighty tempest so that the ship was like to be broken. And you know, eventually they cast lots, and, and, uh, and he, the, you know, he got the, he got the short stick. They drew straws, and he got the short stick. And so uh, he volunteered, and then uh, he said, fine, and then they, uh, they, they threw him overboard. Nice group. Uh, sounds like some churches <laughs> throw the pastor overboard, and <laughs> maybe everything will be better. Uh, thank God we don't have that here. It says... Uh, Verse 16, the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish. Some people call this the story of Jonah and the whale, but Oral Roberts pointed out, I heard him preaching on this, it was not a whale, it was a fish. A whale is a mammal, a fish is a fish. <laughs> So, uh, prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. So this is a special fish. It's some kind of a submarine type fish that God designed. And, uh, Jonah was in the belly of that fish three days and three nights. Now he could have been in there less time, but he made a mistake. And I think we've all been there where we've made this mistake. Um, maybe not you, but I have. And uh, have you ever prayed, just reiterated all your problems to the Lord? Now, Lord, let me just tell you what I'm going through here. Like He doesn't know. He doesn't have a clue what's going on, and I need to fill Him in. Let me fill you in. Um... So that's what he did. Now Jonah would have, first of all, Jonah would have never been in the fish had he obeyed God in the first place. 
And so you think, well, that's not comforting, Brother David. Yeah, but the thing is, is that because of him believing like that and feeling like that, it also helped to hold him bondage. Now, folks, I'll tell you what. Whatever it is that that uh, we're dealing with in life, it doesn't help you to get deliverance by heaping condemnation on your head. You've got to understand that every Bible verse you read from Genesis to Revelation has to be read in light of our redemption. Can you say amen? amen. Christ redeemed us. There is therefore now... I heard somebody say that Romans 8.1 is really the heartbeat of the Bible for New Testament believers, and that's really true. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And um, we don't have any condemnation, and I've often said the church should especially be declared the no-condemnation zone. Now, I, I lived to tell it, I should make a t-shirt that says, I survived the faith movement. <laughs> and, you know, every movement you thank God for. Some of us should have shirts that says, I survived Pentecost. Because, you know, uh, the early days of it, and uh, I'm not old enough to be in the earliest early days, but... Uh, kind of on the tail end of the early days, I think, coming up through some things, we could say, I survived legalism because Pentecost equaled legalism at one point, and that's a sad thing because there was such freedom, amen, in worship, and we have such freedom and joy, and we believe the full gospel message, amen, that Jesus is not only our just our Savior, which is big enough, but He's our Savior, our Healer, our Deliverer, our soon-coming King. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit in full operation, the power of God. Amen. Uh, we believe in freedom to worship, freedom to sing, clap our hands, raise our hands. Amen. If we get happy, run the aisle if we want to. Pray that some sister got it in the forest and trip us. You know, it's a joke. <laughs> I'd be bad with it. But, uh, you know, glory to God, you know, we believe in all those things. And yet at the same time, and I grew up in that. I grew up in the fire of Pentecost. Hallelujah. I grew up even as a kid not wanting to miss a service because I was afraid of something happening. I didn't win there. I mean, it was good, exciting. And that's a great thing. At the same time, our, we had a problem with the legalism. We really did. And so there was a lot of externalism and a lot of condemnation and a lot of, you know, you're just, uh, you might just go to hell at any minute, you know, just for the wrong, you know, just the look, you just have to look wrong and you're on your way to hell. And so that was not a good thing. And so then, but uh, thank God for the good. Amen. So what we do is we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is the point. We hang on. You know, a lot of you came from uh, certain, you know, maybe liturgical churches or certain kinds of evangelical churches, and there were some good foundations that were, that were given there. And so you hang on to the good and throw out the bad and you move forward. Amen. In Revelation. And so then thank God for the faith movement. Amen. We learn the integrity of God's Word. We learn how to stand on the Word. And we learned how to not be moved by what we saw or be just controlled by the five senses, but know that God is working behind the scenes even when we don't feel Him, even when we don't see Him, we know. And if we have the ink on the paper, then we have a confirmation of, of, of what He said. Amen. So thank God for faith. Thank God that we learned that confession brings possession that we learn how to, to understand the nature and character of God and know what God would be doing and what the devil would be doing. We wouldn't confuse it. Thank God for all that. Yeah. However, you know, uh, with the faith movement, we also uh, had something that was also kind of baggage, and that was the idea that 
if something's wrong, it's because you did something wrong and you opened the door to the devil and you whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then you go on a witch hunt to try to find out what caused it all. But I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't matter. One thing is for real is the devil is alive on planet Earth and he's still doing his things and he's still got assignments against us and he still attacks us and he still comes against us and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's all you need to know. Amen. So the first thing you need to know is what belongs to you as a believer. Salvation and righteousness belong to us. Health and healing belong to us. Amen. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you about that thing. I, I, I taught at Kenneth Hagin's healing school, you know, for years. And uh, Shree and I were there together. And Man, I'd have somebody come in. The hardest people to get healed were those that came in with condemnation about why they were sick. You understand? They had smoked their whole life or... Something like that, you know, some bad habit that had caused the illness. And they had such condemnation because of it. And I said, no, listen, you got to get, get over that. Praise God. Uh, well, yeah, but I know I caused it. And so, I, you know, who am I to ask the Lord to do it? And I said, the Lord did it at Calvary. Praise God. Now, sure, we might have some regrets over some things, you know, something like that. But uh, get over that too. Praise the Lord. Get over into victory. All negative emotions are not good for you. That's like eating poison. Well, let's just put a little on this. Let's just put a little bit of arsenic in the... How much can you take and not kill you? You know, put it in the meatloaf. No one will ever know. It's like something's not right here. Right. you got poison in there. So negative emotions need to be avoided. I'm telling you. Right. Right. Amen. Sadness and gloom and depression and fear and, and, and worry and concern and, and all those things. You know, on top of what else is wrong with you, you'll grow an ulcer. Right. And then you'll have that to deal with. So it's just better to... Just get over it. So Jonah here needed to get over it. It took him a while, but he did. Thank God. So here's Jonah in the belly of the fish. Can you imagine being in the belly of a fish? That's got to be a stinky place, I would think, if nothing else. And uh, probably humid, little humidity. Feels like uh, Tampa here after a rain. You walk outside and it's a sauna. Who needs to put a sauna in their house? We just have a sauna outside. Just go outside and you're in the sauna. Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Well, that's the only place he can pray. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction. You ever done that? You ever prayed and cried out by reason of the affliction? And he heard me. Yeah, he hears everything. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep. No, he didn't. Those sailors did it. And that he volunteered. But notice when things start going wrong, you blame God, blame somebody. In the midst of the seas and the floods come past me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said... I am cast out of thy sight. And finally, we start to see a turn here. Now, you've heard this before. You've heard me preach it before. But I'm going to get to a point here that I want you to see something fantastic. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. You know, when you've just hit bottom, and but you're talking hitting bottom, that's hitting bottom in the belly of the fish. That's about as low as you can go. And he hit bottom. When you hit bottom, the good thing about hitting bottom is you, you'll, you'll bounce. We were walking in Tulsa one time at our, near our, in our neighborhood. We had a, a kind of a 
kind of a historic neighborhood we lived in and we enjoyable to walk through and the neighborhood and we're walking with Cherie's mom and dad are with us and visiting and her mom's walking and all of a sudden she trips and falls. I mean, it's a pretty, you know, it's almost a thud on the pavement. And I, and I'm all ready to, you know, we're all ready to pick her up and her dad noticed her dad just kept walking like nothing happened. And she does a complete somersault and back up on her feet and doesn't miss a beat. And, uh, we looked at her and said, that's really something, you know? And, uh, my father-in-law said, oh, she does that all the time. Well, one thing about, I guess if you're flexible enough, if you hit bottom, you bounce. She bounced up. Kept right on going. Amen. Well, he, he bounced apparently. He hit bottom in the bottom of the fish and something occurred to him. I will look toward the holy temple. Praise God. How can he look for anything? He's, he's dark as pitch. I bet he can't see his hand in front of his face. The waters. He's going to continue to complain though for a while. Compassed me about even to the soul. The list goes on. The depth closed me round about. Okay, bring in the violin player now. Let's make this very dramatic. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. I told you he hit bottom. The earth with her bars, that's uh, ribs, fish ribs, about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord, my God. See, no matter how much he complains and gripes and is negative, he keeps flipping back over here to remember the Lord. We've all been there, haven't we? I said we've all been there. O Lord, my God. Boy, if you can, you know what? That, that right there is an amazing prayer. O Lord, my God. You're recognizing that there is someone in your life greater than what you're experiencing. Greater than your pain. Greater than your symptoms. Greater than your problem. You know, you go and you hear the doctor's report and uh, you sit there and listen to what they say. And there's an assurance. You know, we sing that old song, Blessed Assurance. There's an assurance that Jesus is Lord. There's an assurance that there's a higher report. Brother Hagen used to say, aren't you glad we've got inside information? Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, it'll affect you. It'll affect your countenance. It'll affect your spirit. It'll affect your attitude. And it'll eventually affect your health. Thou, he says, O Lord, my God. And finally, verse 7, he blew his mind. You ever been so upset your mind blew for a minute? A fuse? When my soul fainted within me. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and let your soul faint within you. Because it's producing that spaghetti ball of angst and concern and worry and fear. Just let it faint. Pass on out. I remembered the Lord. Now we're going to start turning this ship around a little bit here, okay? I remembered the Lord. Folks, don't forget about the Lord. Yeah, but this is what I'm going through. Yeah, but remember the Lord. What are you going to remember about the Lord? What are you going to remember about the Lord? He sent Jesus. Amen. Jesus is my Lord, but Jesus came. What are you going to remember about the Lord? Jesus came. He lived. He showed the will of the Father everywhere He went. He was doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everywhere Jesus went, He was multiplying. When they ran out of the, when they ran out of food, He multiplied it. When they ran out of wine, He, he, he turned water into it. When they ran out of, life 
and breath. He raised the dead. I said He raised the dead. Don't forget, it wasn't any harder for Him to raise the dead than to multiply a fish. Glory to God. He could do it. He's the master of the sea. When the wind and the waves arose, He rebuked the wind. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey Him. Glory to God. I'm excited today. I'm preaching here in this church. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It makes me want to just shout. Clap my hands. Stomp my foot. Praise the Lord. I remembered the Lord. Woo! And when we get down on the bottom and roll around in our stuff, it's because we've forgotten who He is. And if we forget who He is, we've forgotten who we are. Preach, brother pastor. Who are we? We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're above and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. Amen. Greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. I remembered the Lord. I remembered that Jesus paid the price for my sin. I remember He took the stripes on His back so that I could have healing today. Glory to God. I remembered the Lord. That's a good thing. What about when there's not enough money to pay the bills? I remember the Lord. Amen. He's my supply. According to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not according to what SunTrust says or BB and T and what's with the fifth third? How do you figure that? I, I, I can't even start with them. I don't even know how they do math. Fifth third. Who fought up that? Somebody confused. I remembered the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. It's all about that. And my prayer. Finally, he's talking better, isn't he? Because before it was about seaweed. If your prayer sounds like seaweed, you know you're off. And my prayer came in unto thee and in unto thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Now he's talking about this very real, here we got a little faith lesson, a little faith here for you. Remember, I survived the Word of Faith movement. There's a little faith. He's calling very real. How many know that pain can get very real? How many know symptoms can get very real? Right? How many know that problems can become very real very quickly? And reality can hit you in the head. And you're dealing with something you never dreamed you'd be dealing with. That's our, that's life, isn't it? But they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He's calling his current situation lying vanities. Why are they lying? They're lying because they're disagreeing with the deliverance and victory that's in Christ and in the Word. Why are they vanities? Because it's all vain. That's vain. All that stuff is vain in comparison to the victory that's in Christ. Do we really have victory in Jesus or not? If we don't, let's stop singing it and lying. I want songs banned from the church because people will sing it, but then they you start to preach it and they get a little you know a little funky about you. But do we have blessed assurance or not? It's funny, you start singing Blessed Assurance and everybody will shout and start preaching it and they'll accuse you of being Baptist. 
you're preaching that once saved, always saved. Well, stop singing Blessed Assurance. You know, you can be once saved, always saved. Who wants to go back to that moment? Anyway, amen. I'm not going to get into that argument, but the point is that, you know, I have, I don't know, but you, you can, you can fight for the right to be condemned and go to hell if you want. I have blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. <laughs> and I plan to go from this life to the next with, with no, you know, spend time in jail card. Can you say praise the Lord? So, you, you know, we sing it and we don't want to preach it. And then the same with victory in Jesus. Woo! We can shout on that one. Get the Hammond organ over here cranked up and a tambourine and Nancy Harmon and whoever else, you know, to whoop us up. And then, you know, we preach victory. And, well, that's just too hard, brother. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm thinking, you want to test me? You want to try? I bet you I can relate to a lot of things. But I'll tell you something. It doesn't matter if I relate or not. The point is, is that Jesus bore it all. And did you know that we can, it's an act of our will, but we can claim the victory in the darkest night and in the hardest time. And if Jesus didn't get the victory for us, we are really in trouble. We are really got a problem. Then we, then we start worrying. But, but thank God he said this. Why did Jonah say that? He's actually quoting, he's actually quoting Psalm 144 verse 2. That's what he's quoting. And he'd already had this verse. See, isn't that something? Jonah had faith teaching. So he didn't just make that up. He's quoting the word. Isn't that something? That brings us to some conclusions here. That I guess you could call this sermon How to Get Out of the Fish. People say, well, I'm in a pickle. Well, being in a pickle, is that the same as being in a fish? I don't know. But here he's in a fish. How to get out of the fish. One thing is griping and complaining doesn't help. Secondly... Remembering the Lord does help, praying. And then he says this, he's quoting the Word. How about try that? They that observe lying vanities. What is he doing? Self-correction. He's correcting the way he's been talking. And he says, you know what? All I did was sit here for three days and nights and complain about the accommodations. Boy, it's tempting to do that, isn't it? Lord, this that I'm going through is so difficult, so it's such a trial. Well, sure. But he, he calls that lying vanities. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Well, we certainly don't want to forsake mercy, do we, when we need it so desperately bad? Preach, brother. Verse 9, I will sacrifice. Now, this is the part that I wanted to get to. I will sacrifice unto thee with something. What? I'm going to get, give more offering or do without key lime pie for a week. or Which is a sacrifice, let me tell you. That's unreasonable to put on anyone. I will sacrifice, especially the place in Palm Harbor that makes it. What's the name of it? Mix the key lime pie. Yeah, that's it. But he's not talking about giving up something for Lent or some other thing. He's not talking about, you know, doing without in some artificially induced lack, which is sort of silly in my book. But if you if you do it, enjoy. You can Lent for me. I always thought Lent was something you got out of the dryer and the trap, you know, and threw out. But if you do, if you do that, fine. Uh, but he's not going to sacrifice, you know, 
something uh, artificially induced, you know, thing to see what it's like to bump along. But he's going to sacrifice in a different way. And this is what I want you to see this morning. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Now, what voice had he had before? It was the voice of gripe, complain, tough, sad old way. But, uh, okay, it's noted, we know how bad it is, but now what are we going to do? See, now what are we going to do? So he says, I'm going to sacrifice. What's he going to sacrifice? He's going to sacrifice his right to gripe. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because how many know you can't be in faith and griping and complaining at the same time? It didn't work, does it? So I'm going to sacrifice what my flesh wants to do. I'm going to sacrifice how I feel. I'm going to sacrifice what my mind is screaming. I'm going to sacrifice my right to be... Have you ever been offended by somebody? You know, I'm going to sacrifice my right to be offended. That's a hard one to give up. Well, I have a right to feel this way. I know, but it's not going to help you to stay there. Right? Well, I'm offended. Well, rightfully so. You ever heard somebody say that? Oh, I understand. I'm, a, I'm offended for you. Tell you what, let's get half the church in offense. <laughs> No, give up. We give up our right. What are we, sacrifice means we're going to give up something, and we always have a right to it, or we wouldn't have it. So, what am I going to give up? Here's something to give up for Lent, if you want to. We're past the point, but you know, next year, give up the right to complain. Give up. I give up the right to be offended. I give up the right to be in uh, unforgiveness. I give up all these things that I might even have grounds for. Do you think he had grounds to be unhappy? Jonah in the fish, think of it. And he gives it up. He sacrifices all those rights. He sacrifices his flesh. He sacrifices how he's feeling. And he says, I'm going to put on a new voice, a voice of thanksgiving. You ever seen the little kids, they'll, they'll mimic different voices? You ever heard somebody sing, they go into falsetta? It means it's not their regular voice, they're in another range. Oh, they're singing like that, you know. Higher, flip up. I'm going to put on a different voice. I've, you ever seen preachers put on the preacher voice? That can get on your nerves pretty quick, especially when they're announcing in the preacher voice. And tomorrow night we're going to have a spaghetti dinner. It's, you know, it's like, oh, please, brother, just talk. You know, be delivered in the name. That's what I grew up with that stuff. But uh, we put on a voice, and so his voice, he chose. He said, I will sacrifice with the voice of, or the sound of, thanksgiving. What am I being thankful for? He already said, I remembered the Lord. What do you remember about the Lord? He's merciful. He's fair. He's good. He's truthful. Are you getting anything out of this? I remembered the Lord. I remembered what Aunt Myrtle said. No. I remembered the Lord. Well, I remember what, what, how she offended me. No, I remembered the Lord. Well, I'll never forget. Well, you need, I, I got a relative and every time I'm, I, I, I see this relative, this person talks about everybody that's ever offended her. Everybody that's ever done anything to them growing up, you know, years past. Well, I remember them. I remember that. You ever been around somebody like that? 
I remember what they said. And I said, well, maybe it's time to forget. You know? Just go ahead and block that one out. Because it doesn't help you. It's called toxic. (laughs) Hurts and offenses are toxic to your soul. And will kill you eventually. I knew a man, he was actually a member of our church and one of the ones we pastored and he, had, he was a businessman and guy finally died off really early from, from all this. I thought he was going to have a stroke about once a week from uh, his blood boiling over. You ever seen somebody like that? Just You call them uh, wound tight. Short fuse. Least little thing, they'd fly off the handle. And uh, he had a cassette tape of a deposition that had been given and some notes with it from an attorney of, you know, some testimony that had cost him a lot of money. And he got so upset over it, he had it in his drawer. And he pulled it out and he said, Every time I listen to this, it makes my blood boil. One of the other men in the church said, well, maybe you want to stop listening. Yeah, really. (laughs) In other words, and this case was settled and it was over and there was no more appeal and it was done and that was it. And just, you just have to, sometimes they say you have to take your lumps on the head and just keep going, keep right on going, right? That's just common sense. But he should have taken that thing and put it in the trash. And said, well, that's that, and move on, right? Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. The man ate himself up. And I'd watch him. His veins in his neck would pop, and his face would turn red. And, and uh, he was just angry, an angry man, angry. And then he'd get in church and worship God and think, good, God's touching him. And then after church, angry again, you know. And it's like, my God, there's no way to live, is it? Does that sound like the voice of thanksgiving? And I'm telling you, we can't have it. Here's more word of faith at you, but I don't know what else to say. We can't have it both ways. Out of the same mouth, the Bible says, comes blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be. So we got to get rid of the curse and out of our mouth and cursing ourselves. You know, I've been with full gospel people that drive in front of a you know, one of these tarot card reader people or, you know, spiritualists. And they'll curse it in the name of Jesus. I curse that place and burn it to the ground, you know. And I'm thinking, well, that ain't the curse that you should be afraid of. It's the one coming out of your own mouth. And then the same person say, these breaks are going to be the death of me. On this Buick, you know, and it's just like, well... You know, can I get out? Because I don't want to ride with you while you're cursing the car we're driving in. If you're in a, if I'm in a car with you, please bless it while you're while I'm in it. Amen. Amen. Bless, not curse. Hallelujah. Thank God for your blessings. Sometimes you walk through your house and thank God for your table and thank God for your place to sit, roof over your head. Thank you, Jesus. Preach, Brother David. These are common sense things, but it's truth. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I'm coming to a close. I will pay that that I have vowed, and he said salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And of course, the Lord sent him back to the same assignment, and he finally did it. He wasn't happy about it at the end, but anyway, Jonah's got problems. <laughs> but we can learn from this story. How about you? You got anything to be thankful for? Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And see, the devil. The devil is the. The, the devil is the is the master of the yeah but the yeah buts. You're praising the Lord, yeah, but what about what the doctor said? Yeah, but what about what you're feeling? Yeah, but what about 
what about the bill that you got to pay tomorrow? Yeah, but what about... You see, that'll, that'll take your victory. The victory you got, you'll get sucked right out. I've seen people come to church just dragging in with the cares of life. By the end of the service, they've got the victory. But you see them Tuesday afternoon, they're back down on the bottom. What happened? Where did all this wonderful lifting that happened at Sunday, where did that all go? Well, the Yabbats got you. The Yabbats. Somebody said, uh, Bryce, you know, who you'll meet. He's coming. They're moving. Praise God. we got families moving. At least one, for sure, be a part of our church. Amen. With kids. Everything. Like normal. Isn't that wonderful? But he said, the trouble with Yabbats is they breed like rabbits. (laughs) And one Yabbat will produce another one. The Yabbats begat the Yabbats. And so the Yabbats will get you. And you you know what? If you're not careful, bad doctrine will steal your victory. That's right. That's right. You know, you'll have the victory from the Word and then somebody will come along with, well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. One day He blesses you and the next day He slaps you down. You just never know. He's... He's weird like that. You know, he can just all of a sudden turn on you and bite you, but it's for your own good. Because he really knows. You know, they just... All this regurgitated weirdness. And it's like, well, I think I'm better off hiding from him then. Because, you know, if you you had a friend like that, one day they, they greet you and hug you and pet you, and the next day they come with a bat and hit you in the head, you might be a little gun shy of them next time. Now, which... Which evil twin am I going to get? Which side of bipolar am I meeting today? You know, is there anybody else in there? And so I'm telling you, God's not schizophrenic. (laughs) He doesn't bless you one day and curse you the next just to prove who's in charge. All that stuff. That's ridiculous. That is not New Testament believing. Amen. Amen. How would you know what is the will of God? Look at Jesus. That's how you know. Did He ever tell anybody, no, it's not my will to heal you, go and be sick and die? Did He ever say that to anybody? Anybody that came to Him in faith, believing, did did He ever send them away, not healed? Did He ever tell them it's not my will? Did He ever say, no, I'm not going to forgive your sin. It's too grievous. I'm going to be the first one to cast the stone. No, that's not in the Bible. It's not there, is it? So whoever Jesus is, that's what you can take to the bank is the will of God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to give thanks. Let's stand to our feet right now. And let's lift our hands. Amen. And let's give thanks today unto the Lord. And uh, you know, if you're if you're a person standing in faith for healing, give thanks for your healing. If you need money, give thanks for the money to come in this week to pay off every bill you got. Praise the Lord, including your mortgages and everything else. Why not? Doesn't cost you any more to believe for that than it does a couple of bucks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, give thanks unto Him. We give thanks and praise. We give glory and honor. Glory and honor. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's let's close out today in uh, in, in with a chorus and just we've been such a worshipful service. And just the spirit of worship is in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.